0: Welcome to Native America Calling, I'm Sean Spruce. More than a 1,000 Native vendors are setting up here in Santa Fe for the annual Indian Market put on by the Southwestern Association for Indian Arts. It's the centennial celebration of the event that draws more than 100,000 people to New Mexico's capital city. We'll get a look at the market's beginnings 100 years ago and some insights on what's in store for this special occasion. We are live at the Santa Fe Indian Market right after the news.
1: This is National Native News. I'm Antonia Gonzalez. A new poll shows strong support for establishing a permanent ban on uranium mining on a million acres surrounding Grand Canyon National Park. As Arizona Public Radio's Ryan Heinches reports, tribes, environmental groups, and elected officials are pushing for the ban to protect
2: water and land. The survey conducted by the Washington, D.C.-based firm GQR shows broad bipartisan support for the protections. Nearly 70 percent of the likely Arizona voters polled in June wanted to see a permanent ban on new uranium mining, with an overwhelming majority of Democrats in favor, as well as nearly half of Republicans. Conservationists and area tribes have fought mining near the Grand Canyon for decades and say it contaminates water resources and further endangers the Colorado River. The Havasupai tribe which lives in the Grand Canyon says it threatens sacred sites and their sole source of drinking water. Carletta Toulousey is a former Havasupai council member and environmental justice advocate.
3: We just want a clean water. We just want a clean place to live and our small tribe we just want to be left alone. We just want to live in peace and and not be out there like this, uh, begging for our lives and begging for clean water.
2: The Obama administration put a 20-year halt on new uranium mining claims on more than a million acres near the Grand Canyon in 2012. Now the U.S. Senate is considering the Grand Canyon Protection Act, which would make that ban permanent. The U.S. House has already passed the bill. The mining industry contends that modern uranium extraction methods are safe and don't pose a danger to the environment. For National Native News, I'm Ryan Heinches in Flag staff.
1: California state senators on Wednesday approved a proposal to encourage public schools to create a task force to share tribal history and culture and develop classroom materials. The measure, the California Indian Education Act, was introduced by Native American Assembly member James Ramos. Ramos says it's critical to teach students about the diversity of California's more than 100 tribes, which all have different languages, customs, culture, and history. During a meeting with tribal leaders, Native American educators, and students last year, Ramos talked about the importance of pushing legislation forward.
0: Working together um, as one body, moving together in a coalition, we're going to be able to make a change in the state of California. We have an opportunity as California Indian people, but it starts with our elders and and those that have had vision to move forward. Um, with education and teaching the people who we truly are as Californian people.
1: The measure was created after a classroom incident last year at a high school in Riverside. A viral video showed a math teacher dancing, chanting, and wearing a faux headdress while teaching. Ramos says tribal curriculum is needed to avoid more incidents like the one in Riverside. He stresses the importance for local educators to collaborate with tribes and materials that are created to be shared statewide. The measure is supported by tribes, education associations, and school districts. It was approved on a bipartisan vote of 37 to 0, making the bill a step closer to the governor's desk. The Yorok tribe in California is celebrating salmon and the reintroduction of the condor this weekend during the annual Klamath Salmon Festival. The tribe is also recognizing the pending removal of dams as part of river restoration efforts, The festival includes music, traditional games, basket weaving demonstrations, a smoked salmon contest, and other events. The tribe and partners are releasing condors, which have an important role in tribal culture. They had been absent from the area for more than 100 years. An energy company, along with state and federal regulators, are expected to sign off on the removal of four dams on the Klamath River. The removal is expected to have a positive impact on the waters and fish. I'm Antonia Gonzalez.
0: National Native News is produced by Kawanak Broadcast Corporation, with funding by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting.
4: Support by BNSF Railway, proudly supporting the nation's economy by moving the goods that feed, supply, and power communities across the country. More at bnsf.com tribalrelations.
0: Live from the Santa Fe Indian Market, this is Native America Calling, I'm Sean Spruce. We're live from the Santa Fe Indian Market, this is Native America Calling again, I'm Sean Spruce. We're coming up on one of the largest Native American events in the world. The best in painting, jewelry, sculpture, glass, art, pottery, and baskets are all represented here in Santa Fe Indian Market over the next few days. In addition to that, it is also home to influential shows representing Native film and fashion. To top it off, this is the 100th year for Indian Market. A milestone we did not want to miss. We'll be broadcasting live from here today and tomorrow to give you a glimpse of some of the talent, culture, and history represented throughout the city. If you'd like to call in and let us know your thoughts on the 100 Santa Fe and market, the number is 1-800-996-2848. That's 1-800-99NATIVE. It's a little bit overcast today, but the mood is bright. We're here in the Santa Fe Convention Center. First up is Stephanie Poston, a person I know well, a good friend. She's the board chair for the Southwestern Association for Indian Arts. She's from the Pueblo of Sandia. Stephanie, welcome back to Native America Calling.
5: Awesome. Thank you for having me. What a wonderful day. And I think we're in the Tsuki room and just acknowledging the Tezuki people as this is their original homeland. So just want to shout out to that.
0: Certainly is. Yes, the Tezuki people just up the road here, just north of Santa Fe, about what, 10 minutes or so? Not far at all. Right. Steph, 100 years, it's a centennial. Are you ready?
5: What, you just saying that sort of gave me the... the Chills and the goosebumps a little bit um, we're as ready as we can be, I mean the excitement's been building and obviously we've all gone through the COVID thing and had to skip a year of being in person. Um, but we're ready we're back to tackle this full force and really welcome the artists and the artists, the genius of the artists it's so exciting so exciting to see friends everybody coming in and yeah we're just we're ready to to roll.
0: I can't get over how Indian Market has grown just since when I was a kid. And then, even the last 10, 15 years, there's so much going on. And we're going to talk about some of that today. Film festivals, there's all kinds of events, fashion shows. I mean, Steph, do you remember coming to Indian Market as a kid? Oh,
5: absolutely. My family used to come. Um, I'm from the Pueblo of Sandia, and we do have some artists there. And my cousin, um, she was married into the Santo Domingo Pueblo, now known as Kiwa and her husband was a jeweler, and so we would come here quite often, and I didn't realize what I was in the middle of until I got older, and I was just mind blown about where it's come from then. Um, It was always an honor to be here then, and to witness some of those amazing legacy artists, but now to see the, the incoming new artists and see what their narrative looks like and how they share their story from their own experiences today.
0: As you mentioned, uh, the pandemic did throw a little bit of a wrench into Santa Fe Indian Market. Uh, It went virtual that first year in 2020, and then you were back live last year. So this is the second year Mm -hmm. of in-person Indian Market. Are there any specific events or exhibits that you're especially excited about this year?
5: Well, I think everything everybody's always excited about. um, er, All the artists are ready to go on throughout the plaza here in Santa Fe. Starts at eight o'clock on Saturday, right? and eight to five, both Saturday and Sunday. But Saturday night is our gala and it's gonna be amazing. And then Sunday is the big fashion show. And in between all of that, there are so many things to do. All these wonderful folks that are joining us here are curating amazing um, site events and we're excited to support that. And any way we can is to like collaborate, exchange information, educate each other and just lift each other up. We're excited.
0: Steph, you're board chair and uh, you know, obviously the big event this week here in Santa Fe, third week of August always, but throughout the year, are you busy preparing for this week? What all goes into this to make this happen?
5: You know, I really got to give a big shout out to the uh, SWIA staff, um, the board, you know, we're meeting every month and more often if need be, but they're the ones boots on the ground, coordinating everything. It's one of the... Biggest events in the state of New Mexico, it draws the biggest tourist dollars, but it's the staff who's really on the boots on the ground, making sure everything's clicking and ticking, and that's a lot of work. So everybody says you have one job to do, and that's Indian Market. Well, Indian Market is a big show to pull off. You know, we're going to be looking forward here to Winter Market and some other shows in between. So super excited, um, but Indian Market is quite a big uh, lift
0: thousands of people from all over the world travel here to santa fe to indian market to see the exhibits to see the displays to meet some of the artists in person actors as well models designers just kind of a who's who of native america it's just again astounding how much it's grown how much it's evolved over the years we're here in santa fe new mexico right now we're talking with stephanie post and she's the board chair for the southwestern association for indian arts Stephanie, it's great that you're able to join us. I know you've got a really busy schedule. You've got a lot going on. Where are you headed to next? The next thing we're going to do is
5: um, we're going to meet together as a board informally um, uh, here in a little bit and connect and see what else we might do and anything that we might need to fine tune. But um, uh, all of us have this whole big O schedule, and um, we all are here to meet other folks as well. So all, all the board's agenda is pretty full.
0: I'll bet. Well, Stephanie, thanks again. Really looking forward to this year's Indian Market. Let's go next to another guest we've got on the show today, Cindy Benitez. She's the program manager for the Native Cinema Showcase by the National Museum of the American Indon. Cindy, welcome back to NAC as well.
6: Thank you for having me.
0: Well, Native Cinema Showcase starting today here at Indon Market. Tell us more about it.
6: Yeah, so it's been two years since uh, we've been away from Native Cinema Showcase. Um, we've had an incredible run online. Uh, we've, brought, you know, reached wide, wider international audiences. Um, but we've missed coming back to Santa Fe and being part of the community and talking to the Indigenous filmmakers that are around here. So we're very excited to be back and celebrating, you know, with a 100 years. So, you know, we're excited to see what what happens this year and seeing new and upcoming filmmakers come and, you know, come and visit us.
0: Well, you gave me this placard here before yeah. we started the show, and it looks like uh, the first screening is going to be this evening at 7 p.m., yes. followed by a Q&A with the director. What are some of the big films, some of the big directors that are going to be here presented this
6: week? Yeah. So this year we have, I have to say that the female indigenous filmmakers this year have been absolutely incredible. Um, a lot of the features that we have this year are directed by indigenous women for the, and it's their first feature film and each one of them have won, accomplished, you know, incredible things. They've, um, won awards from all over the world. So, um, we are honored that they have us, you know, to screen their films here in Santa Fe. So those feature films, we're really, really proud of, um, the opening night, closing night, including Saturday night, Night Raiders. So... And then the rest of the films, too, are just as incredible. So we have films for everybody, kids, animation, history, um, experimental. So, you know, anybody can stop by and check out, you know, whatever their flavor is.
0: Now, is there a cost to attend any of these screenings?
6: No, everything is free, Um, but seating is a first-come, first-served basis. So if you want to check out our screenings, you better come early. Now, is this one main theater, or are there going to be different...
0: So, our main
6: venue is the New Mexico History Museum. And on Saturday night is where we'll be at the rail yard screening Encanto by Disney.
0: Encanto by Disney. Uh-huh. I mean, okay. I think my daughter might have to come to that. When oh, she's eight please. Years old. Yeah. She's a big <laughs> fan for sure. So, Cindy, how long has film been a part of Indian Market?
6: Uh, well, so, film, oh, yeah. Native Cinema Showcase, has been around for 22 years. Um, it has evolved uh, substantially, which is really great. And, um, we wanted to bring film here to Santa Fe because film is another art form, really. At the end of the day, it's a way for Native people to express their voice. And it's for a long time they've not had that, you know, opportunity to do that, like speak about their people, their communities. And now we've seen this evolution, especially now with like seeing Rutherford Falls, reservation dogs, prey, like it's coming out of the woodworks and young native filmmakers um now have the tools to do that it's it's not limited anymore so it's really great to see film evolve and especially the showcase that we have this year and see these new and emerging filmmakers come in that i've never heard about you know making these absolutely incredible films so you know i'm looking forward to the next 22 years and seeing where it lands us
0: it's just amazing how it has blown up completely uh like you said and NMAI has a mission that's part of your vision to promote and foster native filmmakers and native films. And partnering here with Santa Fe Indian Market, is this a a strategic key partnership in in that mission?
6: Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, Santa Fe is not DC or New York. You're more, you know, uh, closer to the indigenous communities around here. The audience is very different. And for us, it's like, that's our vision is to, to keep doing that and reach out to more communities and take that showcase to that level. So it is a very, very key component and we're always very happy every year to be with them and, um, you know, talk film.
0: Now, are there other venues where you feature Native Cinema Showcase or is it exclusive to Santa Fe Indian Market?
6: Um It's exclusive to Santa Fe Indian Market. Um, in the past, when we first started, it was at CCA when back in 2000. So, and then it was at the cathedral park under a tent <laughs> so and then here we are 2011 is when we went to the new mexico history museum and end up partnering with Swaia. so we've been with them this entire time since 2011 which is great
0: now where can our listeners learn more about native cinema showcase
6: yeah so if you go on our website americanindian.si.edu you can see the full schedule check it out um, if you're here at Market, we have little postcards, and you can click on the clear, uh, QR code, and it'll show up. So come by and check us out. We're there.
0: Folks, we are here live at the 100th anniversary, Santa Fe in the Market. We're at the Santa Fe Convention Center, and I've got guests on the show today. I've got a lot of guests on the show. We're speaking with Stephanie Poston. She's a uh, SWIA board chair. We've got... Cindy Benitez, she's with the National Museum of the American Indian, Washington, D.C. They've got the Native Cinema Showcase coming up this week. We've got more guests. We've got a film director. We've got uh, another person here who's very involved. We've got a lot of events going on with Illuminative. We've got a great show for you here, and we're really excited. We're going to take calls as well, so if you're listening, give us a call, 1-800-99-NATIVE. We've got to go to break, but we will be right back. It's not just Native arts booths at the Centennial Santa Fe Indian Market this year. There are also lectures, film and fashion, all celebrating Native creativity. We get behind the scenes insights on the market's key events. It's all part of marking 100 years of Native arts with some of the most skilled and innovative minds in the country. That's on the next Native America Calling.
3: Support by the Institute of American Indian Arts, the birthplace of contemporary Indigenous American art, and the educational home for esteemed and innovative artists, writers, filmmakers, performers, and leaders, making history since 1962. Accredited by the Higher Learning Commission, IAIA offers undergraduate degrees, graduate degrees, and certificates. Info on IAIA's 60th and the IAIA Museum of Contemporary Native Arts 50th Anniversaries at iaia.edu.
0: Thanks for tuning in today to Native America Calling. You are listening to us live from the Santa Fe Indian Market. We're talking about artwork, film, fashion, and the centennial celebration of the event itself. If you've got a favorite memory of Indian Market, we'd love to hear it. Give us a call, 1-800-996-2848. And for those of you who have Facebook, go ahead and check us out. We are streaming live. Go to Facebook Live at our Facebook page, Native America Calling. Check us out. We are live right here in the Santa Fe Convention Center on video and I've got Stephanie Post in here again. She is the board chair from SWIA. Stephanie, there are a lot of other events. There's some cool stuff going on. Tell us what else we need to know about this year's market.
5: Absolutely. First of all, if you're interested in more SWIA events, please go to um, SwiA swai and look at our 2022 schedule and you'll find all the events there. Don't forget to pick up your artist directory and you'll find all the amazing artist genius in there. Also want to invite everybody up to um, uh, Museum Hill where Indian Collective and NAVA are going to do the voter registration um, and they will get a chance. Folks will get to see Here Now and Always exhibit, which is brand new, amazing and grounded in clay. And then the final announcement is we can't wait to see you travel here safely And be open to experiencing an amazing, amazing 100th anniversary. Thank you so much for having us.
0: Absolutely. And we are taking calls today. Listeners, give us a holler. 1-800-996-2848 or 1-800-99-NATIVE. Producers are standing by. We want to hear from you, all of our listeners. Tell us what you love about Indian Market. If you're going to make it up, maybe you're on the road right now, you're driving in, you're coming in on I-40, and you're excited. You're going to be heading up I-25 to Santa Fe, New Mexico, and you're going to be at Indian Market. Maybe you're somewhere in an airport, some hub somewhere, getting ready for your connection because you're going to be here. We want to hear from you. Artists coming in on the road. If you're not here yet, where are you? Give us a call. Tell us where you're at and tell us why you're excited to be coming to this year's. Market. We've got a film director on the show today as well. His name is Fritz Bitsui and his film The Trails Before Us is part of the native cinema showcase that Cindy was talking about earlier. Fritz is Dene. He's originally from Gallup, New Mexico, but he now makes his home in Oakland, California, in the Bay Area. Fritz, welcome to Native America calling. Hey, Ya how's it going? It's, um happy to be here.
7: It's, I was... <laughs> Sorry, keep yeah. <laughs> no, no, go ahead, Chris. we're live here, just saying, yeah. go ahead, talk, yeah, Excited to be here, it's beautiful outside, um, just, sky's beautiful, the um, vibe's just right, everyone's friendly,
0: just excited to be here. Well, what does it mean to you to have your film showcased here in Santa Fe this week at Santa Fe Indian Market?
7: I think what's really special for me is when I initially, um, thank you. I think initially when I, when I first conceptualized this film, Um, I kept in mind the audience would be some, some, in some ways, the audience would be my mom, or my family. Like, how would they receive this film? Would they see it as authentic or respectful? And, um, it's really exciting to, to have this film about, um, a young Navajo mountain biker being, um, screened in Santa Fe where other indigenous communities can, can watch this film. And hopefully other kids will see this film and, and see themselves, like, Riding these mountain bikes and being a part of a community that even though I grew up, you know, outside of Ganado as a kid, like I had no idea there was these kind of community communities out there. So um, it's just really special for me to um, contribute in a way to um, um, celebrate the, 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 the
0: heritage and the, um, the cultures and the people that I'm so proud of. Well, Fritz, tell us more about the film, *The Trails Before Us*. Uh, a Navajo teenager by the name of Nigel James, and uh, he's a mountain biker. Yeah, that's that's
7: that's definitely like what it sounds like on the surface. Um, and um, I think when this film was being developed, I wanted to take it one step further and really kind of swing for the fences. Um, I think I wanted to take this this story about a young kid who is a mountain biker, um, but I wanted to, I was really curious about playing with genre, so. Um, I think when whenever I, I when I grew up, and the teacher would wheel in the uh, the TV and put on a documentary for us. Sometimes there would be these documentaries that were. Um, um, it, it felt like they had like through the lens of an anthropologist, or who would come in and say like, "This is the Navajo Nation. Look how cute it is that these people are all dressed up and working in the farm." And I, I, you know, to me, it felt a little condescending. Um, But i always liked that it was like on film, it was kind of really beautiful, like a postcard. And I thought like, why don't I make a documentary that's like super modern, um, very contemporary, but we can begin it, we can begin the film on film and make it look nostalgic. And then as soon as we cut to digital, it's like super wide and um, just really embrace these um, visual tropes of the Western genre, samurai films. because I, I I I'm so excited about how Native American films are beginning to be made, um projects. Um I sincerely believe that um all of like my Navajo buddies who grew up like on the reservation, like were all cinephiles. You know, everybody grew up watching movies. Like the first time I saw the New York skyline was in big, the Tom Hanks movie. And so for many of us, I or for myself, it's like my window into the world. And so watching movies in um, Aztec Five and Gallup and, and just seeing how people get moved and they yell at the screen and you know, they're like uh, really loving the movie. I, I, I've always um, appreciated how, how much um, Native Americans have like celebrated cinema and have just loved movies. And um, hopefully I can make something that, um, that
0: they can all appreciate too. The old Aztec Five in Gallup, New Mexico. <laughs> yeah. Fritz, you're, you're making me sentimental here. I remember the velvet seats and the, yeah. the, the buttery yeah. popcorn smell all oh. over the place. Yeah, yeah, classic, classic Line all the way around the outside. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell uh, our listeners, the trails before us, when will it be screened this week? Oh, yeah, so we're going to be um,
7: showing tomorrow at 1 p.m. part of the uh, Future Focus block. Um and uh, I'm just really excited for people to come out. I mean, we, we've had a very successful uh, festival run. We started off at Big Sky in um, Missoula, Montana. That's where we premiered. Um, since then, we've been lucky enough and uh, very fortunate to be. Um, uh, we, we also were showcased in um, South by Southwest this past year in Austin. Um, shout out to Shandine and Long Line of Ladies. It was really an incredible experience to be on stage presenting the film like alongside another uh, Native American director, and um, uh, it was that was really special to me. And so we've, since then, we've gone to like, um, SF film, San Francisco, Seattle international, um, bicycle film festival. Um, right now the film is, um, yeah, I'm just really, I'm just really surprised and, and and grateful for the, um, reception this film has had and the impact that it's continuing to carry on its own. And, uh, you know, shout out to, uh, Emma Jackson, our, um, amazing producer for the film and Leo Mako, the, um, Director of photography, who really believed in my vision for this um, film, and um, as well as to um, Pocket Pictures and to Nico Bovad, who was just an incredible editor.
0: Well, Fritz, tell us more about your background and and what got you specifically into making film and your training. Yeah, so
7: I I, um, I graduated from um, UNM in Albuquerque, Go Lobos, um, back in uh, 2016 from the film from the film uh, film program. Um, I spent a lot of time in um, um you know in, in Gallup um haunting the movie theaters, you know, uh, all throughout my twenties. And it was there that um um it was just like my favorite place to go. And um just always like um acknowledging how fun it is to see your friends and say like, oh man, you wanna believe what happened yesterday. Like this happened, I ran into this person and before you know it you're telling the story and um um taking that same type of approach to um storytelling and you know, our our oral, our oral uh, histories are all stories, like we're natural storytellers. And um, um, playing with film, like, and um, images, and it, that just really kind of always uh, inspired me. And when I mentioned samurai films, um, I've always just loved that, like, you know, there was like natives, you know, quotes on um, Hollywood films, but I always called them like Hollywood Indians. And um, um, in reality, like the, the characters that I, Kind of related to more were like kung fu films or like samurai films. I'd be like, oh, these guys look like me, you know. Um, so I I grew up watching that, and I, and I've always uh, like adored Japanese cinema because they they had a there was a way that they established a style to like um, um, express like man's um, relationship with nature, with like um, traditional values, with family, um, to celebrate like um, a more measured meditative tone. And, and I found a lot of similarities and parallels with like some of the traditional teachings I've heard growing up from um, just stuff that my mom would say, you know, like my mom would say like, go pour this water outside, but don't splash it, you know, give it back gently. And when you go into a room, be the same way, don't go in there, just start yelling your head off. You know, like little things like that, like that I feel like could translate really well to um, um, like Eastern cinema. And so I, 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 I love daydreaming about what would a Native American film feel like? Like, what would that style be? And um, I decided that's gonna be my journey, is to um, find
0: that. Your journey. Being a filmmaker, uh, to somebody like myself, it seems like such a daunting task. It seems like something could be expensive, the equipment, the gear, uh, hiring people to help you. How does a person, how, how do you get started? What's that first step to becoming a filmmaker that a person has to take?
7: I, I think uh, the first step would be um, um, acknowledging that you can't do it alone, that um, the power comes through teamwork and um, um, getting your idea as concrete and as strong as possible so that when you share it with others, they believe in what you're doing and you, and they know that you're not wasting your time and just um, you know taking them along for some wild goose, Goose Chase, and um, I think that was a, a very, um, that, that was a very big challenge in getting this film um, going was there, there had to be some investment on my own part to um, you know travel out here on my own dime with a really small team and make the connection with Nigel. Um, we came across Nigel through a, a New Yorker, a story in a New Yorker about him. And I just reached out to him on Instagram and said, hey man, like, you know, I'm trying to do something to strengthen my portfolio. Uh, can we just come out and do like a fake commercial for you, and just you know film that? So after talking with him, meeting with him, and you know getting the story going, uh, we had to set ourselves up in a way where we had like pitch decks, we had a shot list, we had um, um, all sorts of like mood boards and um, as much prep as possible, so that when um, you know the luck is like you know 95% preparation, 5% being right place, right time. So having all that ready to go, so that when we finally met somebody who is interested in telling these stories, um, I could come in and say, like, I've been waiting
0: for you, you know, like, like, I want to make this happen. Right. On. Um, so, yeah. Cindy, how does this make you feel through NMAI and Native Cinema Studio? Okay, that so you were able to support young Indigenous artists like Fritz?
6: Oh, well, it gives me the chills because I'm just, oh, I'm so excited to like hear things like that. It's every year, we always meet these incredible, you know, new filmmakers that come in with like, so much passion and you know that's that's what's needed. It's like a new voice every year and like just seeing their progression like for example, you know, seeing somebody like Black Horse Low who we showed his first feature film like 20 years ago and now to see him now like working on Reservation Dogs and Big Sky and seeing that evolution of, you know, these these young filmmakers and then seeing like where there are like 10 20 years from now so to see that and like have you know fritz talk passionately about his first film is something that you know we missed while we were away during the pandemic is is like hearing that kind of you know excitement you can't get over zoom (laughs) you know so and you know just to see the audience reaction too to the film like that's like that's what you need that's that's the whole thing of film is like just feeling it's the feeling and the emotion and that's what it is what native cinema showcase is is we want we want that and that's what we're so happy to finally be back here and to see those friendly faces to see those new faces and to be those to see those you know filmmakers like fritz and to talk about their film so I'm just, I don't know. I'm just like, I'm still getting chills just hearing from him. <laughs> and
0: with more and more people watching movies, getting their content through streaming uh, and you hear stories about, oh, you know, movie theaters are they're, they're going the way of the dinosaur. We're not going to be watching movies,
6: but um, theaters are still very much alive. Absolutely. It's again, it's one of those things that you can't, yes, you can, you know, watch those films online, but you're not getting the same experience sitting next to somebody experience for the first time watching that film it's it's a totally different you know uh thing and i think that you know to say that theaters are a thing of the past is no it it, you know at first the moment that the pandemic you know it got lifted people were like running to the theater to see it you know so it's it's just one of those things that's like you need a theater to be there to actually experience what the film is and you know i hope it continues that way and that we're not, you know, stuck again for two years, so, you know, but I, I do believe that it is important to also have a online presence as well, um, both, both on and off. So, you know, we hope that Native Cinema Showcase can continue that, too. We're here at the
0: 100 Santa Fe Indian Market. We're broadcasting live from the Santa Fe Convention Center. If you've got a question, if you've got a comment, give us a call. 1-800-99-NATIVE. Fritz, do you remember the very first time you came to Indian Market?
7: Uh, yeah i believe it was um 2015 i came with um um then my girlfriend now she's my wife um yuli um she was visiting from um out of out of country and i wanted to take her somewhere um outside of albuquerque and i thought let's go let's go hop on the rail runner and go check out the indian market and um you know being from from gallup you know like there's there's already a really strong um um um, community of people who bring their arts and, and, you know, whether through ceremonial or through the Saturday um, outdoor markets, um, it's always just fun to just walk around and meet people and, and see them, that they're so proud to present what they work so hard to do and um, to be, um, be able to share their wares in, in a place that um, people can appreciate the val- its value and, and, and have these conversations and, and learn more about, you know, what it is they're wearing. And uh, so it's, it's really
0: special. For you travel. You go to other film festivals. You go to other art shows. What is it about Santa Fe and market that makes it so special?
7: Hmm. I think there's, it's like the little things, I believe. I, I, I just love these little pockets of green um, of, like, trees and, 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 and greenery. You know, like, when I tell folks that I'm from New Mexico, a lot of times they always say, like, oh, man, isn't that so hot? I'm like, no, it's like, that's like Arizona. Like, if you go to New Mexico, it's super green you know it's it's very beautiful and uh it wasn't until i moved from here that i realized um how special the skies are people used to say it all the time and i'd be like oh yeah that's just that's just a thing that people say but um you know you, when you live close to the, to the coast uh, you know the clouds always hang low or it's very kind of hazy but out here like clouds get an opportunity to like just drift so high and you and you just feel that um space and um you know the, the the smells of uh breakfast burritos and um like just it's just it, it, it's beautiful i love it
0: it's a funny thing a lot of people that have never been to new mexico they think we're like in the tropics here right they don't say hey it, <laughs> yeah. it freezes here it yeah. snows it gets really cold sometimes we got nailed with rain yesterday afternoon it looks like we might get it again so yeah this isn't florida folks this is new <laughs> mexico this is the southwest <laughs> And if you've got a question or a comment, give us a call, 1-800-99-NATIVE. If you're not on Facebook Live yet, go to our Facebook page because we are streaming live here today from the Santa Fanden Market. We're really excited. We're going to talk more with our guests coming up after this break. So, again, give us a call.
4: With over 40,000 organizations trying to help military veterans, it can be hard to find the right information. That's why AARP brings together valuable resources to help navigate veterans' options, including no-charge veteran employment and fraud prevention resources, caregiving tools, and access to discounts. AARP is on a mission to support veterans. More at aarp.org veterans. AARP supports this program.
0: Thanks for tuning in. You are listening to Native America Calling live from the Santa Fe Indian Market. I'm your host, Sean Spruce. We're hearing about the legacy of the market here in New Mexico's capital city. There's lots going on and we're getting a glimpse of that today. We've got another guest on our show right now, Leah Salgado. She is the Chief Impact Officer at Illuminative. She's Yaki. Leah, welcome to the show. Appreciate you being patient.
3: Thanks for having me.
0: Pleasure to be here. Absolutely. And Illuminate, a very high-profile Native-led organization, lots of fun, interesting projects, very impactful. And you've got a lot going on here this year at Santa Fe Indian Market. Tell us about it.
3: Yeah, this is the first year that we're hosting an event at um, Indian Market. Uh, We are hosting Indigenous Futures Envisioning the Next 100 Years. It's a two-day event um, on Saturday and Sunday at La Fonda. Um, We're going to have panels. We're going to have guest speakers. Um, We're gonna have pop-up shops. Um, We have some high profile folks that are gonna come in. We have a space with 20 different artists that are gonna be featured that's been curated by the incredible and wonderful Kara Romero. Um, We are gonna be screening in partnership with the Sundance Indigenous program, Shadine Tomei's Long Line of Ladies, which if you haven't seen, is an incredibly beautiful film. Um, I'm gonna have a panel with her and Zan McLaren and Adam Perone. On Sunday, so it's going to be a time where we get to, you know, really just be in good community, and have conversations about what the next 100 years looks like. Um, we know that artists and creatives, filmmakers, right, really are at the forefront of really helping us imagine what the future is going to look like, um, and how we are in good community together about what that's going to look like. So, on Saturday, we're going to have Sierra Telleronellas, Janice Schmiding, Tazba, uh, Tazba Chavez, Bobby Wilson who are on Reservation Dogs and Rutherford Falls, gonna be in there for a panel. We're gonna have a uh, talk you know, um, about women in leadership. Um, we are gonna have Amber Midthunder and Jane Myers from Prey gonna come in and talk about representation in that film on Saturday. Um, Sunday, we're gonna talk about Native people in film. And so um, that's where you know Zahn and Shadeen are gonna talk a bit, but um, the artists really that are gonna be in that space are incredible. We have Rose Simpson, uh, Geo Neptune, River Garza, a lot of folks who aren't don't have booths at Swaya but are going to be within our space. Um, it's really going to be a wonderful time to be in community. So we're so excited to be able to be here.
0: Leah, this sounds like a who's who list of hot Native celebrities, big names. Uh, how did you manage to
3: bring in all these, these
0: A-list Native actors and performers?
3: Well, we have immense gratitude and, you know, um, have a lot of love for the folks that we're in community with. But I think it really speaks to how much folks want to be in conversation about what the next 100 years looks like. Right. And I think um, a lot of the artists that came into the space that was curated by Kara right, came in because they wanted to be able to talk about and be in conversation about the next 100 years. So I think Kara's has created some brand new works that are going to premiere in this space really around this idea of indigenous futurisms um, because i think when we talk about some of the most pressing issues that are coming up you know for indigenous communities whether it's climate change whether it's voter engagement right um, whether it's representation right um, i think when we you know sit today and think about everything that's happening right um, sometimes we can feel a little bit overwhelmed but i think when we look to our creatives right our filmmakers the folks that um are looking forward. They're the ones that are creating a space that's full of hope um, in the future. And so I think when we think about the future and when we think about indigenous futures, right? I think folks are willing to to think about what does that look like? The indigenous people lead, right? are in um, situations in which you know we are putting forward our future our, our vision for the future. you know, what does that look like? And so I think folks really respond to, you know and think about that. And I also think you know Illuminative's role in this space, right, when we think about our work, is really talking about how we're amplifying contemporary voices, stories, and issues. Um, and so we have really, and work to really have, be in good community with, you know, folks, um, right, within these different, you know, whether it's artists, whether it's creatives, um, we work to, you know, build really good relationships. And so we're blessed that folks were willing to come in and, you know, be part of these different conversations.
0: Now, a big part of a Illuminative's vision and mission is representation. And you folks have an Indigenous futures survey. Mm-hmm. Is this tied in at all with what you have going on this week?
3: A hundred percent, yeah. So, um, our voter, uh, we have a panel on civic engagement and voting. We have Judith LeBlanc, who leads a Native Organizers Alliance. Nick Tilson, um, who's the head of uh, Indian Collective. Holly Cook Macaro, who's you know a renowned lobbyist. Um, they're going to be coming in and talking really about you know civic engagement, and Native participation. Really, what we found with Indigenous futures is the importance of Native people participating. Right, um, as much as we want to only talk about um, like culture and you know artwork and you know film and television, right, our um, you know work within ensuring Native people are part of the political sphere. Right, I think the McGirt decision that um, that came out in twenty twenty, Castro Huerta, um, that came out over the summer, the Iqua decision that's coming out in the fall. Right, really makes our um involvement right and in everything that's happening within the political realm really important so with the indigenous futures work i think that's where we're going to start diving into that conversation right there i think we are having a climate panel that's being led by the indian collective jpegay um you know is curating that work um is going to be is, is part of that as well like we know from the indigenous futures research right like these are some of the big issues that are top of mind for our folks um and so that's going to be you know, part of what's being curated in that space. We did know from Indigenous Futures as well, is that we have, you know, data from 49 different states from the folks that took place in the Indigenous Futures Survey, right? And so the panel that's, you know, taking place at SWIA or at the Santa Fe event, really is just a first of many different steps. Like, we're getting ready to launch our Natives Vote 2022 campaign work, right? And so this is just one of many events to come over the course of the fall. We know the midterms are going to be a big part of our work as well.
0: Go back to stephanie um this type of advocacy awareness addressing pressing social issues and you know earlier we talked about how much indian market has evolved and all of these different collaborators now that are coming it's so much more than just an art show and are we going to expect more of this in the future just continued collaboration and, and bringing in issues and other organizations like illuminative to to really highlight and celebrate just so many different aspects of native america
5: oh absolutely i think collaboration is the way to go as um tribal communities throughout indian country we know that we are stronger together so when we really lift each other lift each other's organizations that we can do so much more and it just is proven time and time again so collaboration for sure in the future
0: leah a lot of different events going on throughout the week. Uh, Where can our listeners go to learn more?
3: Yeah, so if folks are interested in attending Indigenous Futures, um, our information is on Eventbrite. Um, We are on the SWIR website. If you, like me, um, can always navigate things, if you go to any of Illuminatives. Um, social media pages, whether that's TikTok, which I can not navigate, but if you can, that's great. Um, <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, um, Instagram, uh, we have all of the Eventbrite links right up on the top of our navigation. So uh, the, uh, right on our profiles for you to be able to find um, very easily and quickly.
0: Now, earlier you shared with me that not only is this the first year that Illuminative is partnering with the Santa Fe the market, It's also your first time attending the Indian Market. So, I mean, just on a personal level, are you stoked to be here?
3: Beyond stoked. I am so excited to be able to be here. I go to Arizona all the time because that's where my family lives. so I can attest it is much hotter in Arizona than it is in New Mexico. So I was also shocked. Um, But I've been here for 24 hours. It's beautiful here. Um, And I'm so excited to be, you know, here in community. Um, And it's just like so wonderful to even arrive at the airport and just recognize so many faces. And I think it makes, you know, sometimes I think being away for so long, I think with the pandemic, like we were like, I live in Washington, D.C. too. And so you walk around all the time. You don't recognize anyone. Right. And so it's like so lovely. You get off a plane and immediately like it feels like you're home and in community. And so I am just so excited to be able to be. Um, able to see so many incredible artists. I'm going to Cara Romero's um, exhibit this evening. Um, and I just, I am, it's been a, like, a long dream of mine to be able to come to Indian Market. So finally, it's fulfilled.
0: And one thing we haven't talked about also is a lot of great food. At the santa um, Fernando market so you excited to sample some of the local dishes
3: yes well growing up my mom always made her tamales with new mexican chilies, <laughs> and so that was a request that i got for me to somehow ship an entire box <laughs> directly to her so i'm on a mission um for mom for that but i've already been able to have a couple different dishes and the food is amazing um and so yes that was the, that's the
0: big thing and Steph, i want to ask you are, are there local food vendors at Santa Fe, the market?
5: There are longstanding vendors that are here, so please support them. And obviously, there's a lot of great um, eateries here in Santa Fe and um, also at some of the surrounding gaming operations. There's some great ven- uh, food venues there, so lots of options and, you know, always the usual question here in New Mexico, red or green or Christmas. So uh, usually I'm the green, and but most people like Christmas. Take both. <laughs>
0: Well, 100 years, it's a really, really long time, going back to the early 1920s. And I remember as a kid coming here as early as maybe 1975, 1976, and I think it was around that time in the 70s that Indian market really started blowing up and into the 80s. And, um, and now, click ahead, 2022, and there's just so much going on, it's expanding beyond art into other types of issues and awareness, Stephanie. I mean, looking back, and we talked about you know you growing up and being a part of Market from the time you were a young person. Could you have imagined that that Market would grow into what it is today?
5: No, no. You were just mesmerized by the art at hand and all those legacy artists, right? And the legacy artists that um, they dreamed of of the young filmmaker that was t- talking here today and and what that would look like in that narrative and how we. Shift things politically, and where it's all led to is just mind blowing. But again, when Native people work together, magic happens.
0: It's just had such a huge impact as well on a Native art and, and giving high-profile Native artists that platform. And, it, and it, go, it has its roots going back to to the Maria Martinez and some of these you know these iconic figures in the history of Southwest Native art. Um, looking back, you know, I, I think of those people and hear their, their legacy is alive and well, isn't it, Steph?
5: It, it is. As a matter of fact, I participated in the Grounded in Clay and I, I picked one of Maria Martinez's pieces as something to speak about and, and, and tell about what it meant to me. And she was one of the first people I seen on film in like fourth grade as a Pueblo woman in, in, in a positive way. And that just impacted me in, in so many ways to this day, where that when we were asked to pick um, pots from a a beautiful collection that kept speaking to me. So um, yeah, all those legacy artists, I will say, I think where things have really shifted um, is through social media, right? The fashion shows and the, the, the fashion, indigenous fashion has just really skyrocketed things uh, but all of that is always grounded in those legacy artists who dreamt and prayed of these times that we are in now that give Indigenous people the voice that we finally deserve.
0: Cindy, do you remember the very first
6: time you came to Indian Market? Oh, yeah. I came in. Um, it was very green. I came with my friend who's a filmmaker, and she was like, come to Indian Market. You're going to love it. She's, uh, she's Diné and uh, Laguna Pueblo. Like, all right was 15 years ago I was like all right come in and I was just completely blown away just by the films by the art and just walking around like you know not coming from Florida and being born in New York like you know city life and this coming here was just incredible and I was just like I'm in love with this place this is incredible and you know I wasn't part of the organization yet the Smithsonian so like you know walking in there and you know checking out the film I'm like what I was like there's this kind of stuff here too like i've never seen this kind of film and um it was just incredible and i it's really a full circle moment to now manage that showcase and be back at market and it's just incredible and that's all i do is like come you know tell my relatives you know come to market you need to check it out <laughs> so <laughs> we
0: are going to have to wrap up the show here in a couple of minutes, but. I studied up a little bit on the history of market and Steph I want to go back to you because I learned so much And originally market you know the the original organizers they were not native um, and, and they really kind of dictated the terms of how the how the contests were held and, and what kind of artists came and now click ahead a hundred years later and this is a native led art market And it's uh, from from the ground up, right? Everybody is involved. It's, it's, we've taken control of what was originally something that really wasn't in our control. And what does that mean to you, Steph, especially now celebrating the 100th Centennial?
5: You know, being in charge of your narrative um, allows us to show up so much different and in a more powerful, positive way. And that shift is unexplainable and you see that with the panelists here, I'm almost emotional about it.
0: Yeah, yeah, it just amazes me. And, and the prize money is so much more, so much more, the, the resources that are, are here and the crowds have just continued to grow every year over and over. So looking forward, uh, in 100 years, there will be more Native people like us, maybe sitting in this room here or one like it and having a discussion and stuff. In one sentence, what do you want those people to be saying in a hundred years from now about Indian Market?
5: In a hundred years that they are in charge of their story and their children's story and their children's story and that we are happy and healthy and um, just being in delight of all the narrative that comes through the art.
0: Well, there's a little more than one sentence, Steph, but you I summed it up beautifully. It was, it was so summed good. There was beautiful. just a
3: semicolon. Yeah. <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> comma, coma, comma, comma.
0: <laughs> That's all we can do is just carry on the legacy as yeah. indigenous people, as proud indigenous people. I want to thank you all today for joining us on this show live from the Santa Fe Indian Market. Our guests again, Cindy Benitez, Fritz Bitsui, Stephanie Poston, and Leah Salgado for giving us a sneak peek at what's in store this week, Santa Fe, New Mexico, at the 100th Santa Fe Indian Market. Join us again on Native America Calling. Tomorrow we'll be live here again in Santa Fe. Maybe not in this exact room, but we will be here at the market live. Until then, I'm your host, Sean Spruce. Thank you for listening to the one, the only, Native America Calling. Support by the Smithsonian's
4: National Museum of the American Indian, presenting Ancestors Know Who We Are, a new online exhibition that features works by six contemporary black indigenous women artists, Joelle Joyner, Paige Pettibond, Moira Pernambuco, Monica Rickert-Bolter, Stormy Weber, and Rodslin Brown, addressing race, gender, multiracial identity, and intergenerational knowledge. More at AmericanIndian.si.edu.
6: First baby, don't know where to start? CMS program coverage prenatal service, enroll today. Contact your local Indian healthcare provider for more information. Visit healthcare.gov or call 1-800-318-2596. A message from Center for Medicare and Medicaid Service.